The following is a fourth hand production. 1960 Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me as always is the other host of the show. Tack. Sup. <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. As we break down the bunch one episode at a time, we take the episode, we break it down, we give it free meat, spend time with it, invite it bowling, only will be put on the back burner to play second fiddle to some dork with a lot of money. All for your enjoyment. Burn. On today's episode, we look at season two, episode 23, entitled Alice's September Song. Hmm. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon so you brought up something last week, Jimmy, something about Amazon Prime or something? I did. It's not available or something? What? Well, I myself tried because, you know, if if anything, me and Tack are into to being thorough and giving correct information on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I went in um, to try to watch this episode on CBS All Access or Amazon Prime. Wait, wait, or what? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's it's weird if you don't say it that way. Um, so I tried to watch it on that way, and it had nothing at all to do with the fact that we couldn't find the episode anywhere else. Um, <laughs> right. And it turns out that you can watch it on Amazon Prime. On Amazon Prime. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you have CBS All Access. Oh. So although you can navigate to it through Amazon Prime. <laughs> You, if you don't have CBS All Access, it doesn't matter. It's not going to work. So yeah. we're still going to keep Amazon Prime <laughs> on here, but because it's so much fun to say. But it really, it's you can't really watch it through there. It makes me laugh every time, Jimmy Klein. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, <clears throat> well that's fun. So this was an interesting episode. This one had this one gave me a little bit of an anxiety. You know halfway through it and i'll explain that when we get to it or maybe maybe at the mid break i'll explain yeah you know what my fear was but it might be it doesn't matter i'm talking too much anyways (laughs) Um, how dare you talk um, too much on a podcast (laughs) well i mean because on this episode it talks about you know alice dating somebody and we all know eventually that alice dates spoiler alert (laughs) dates sam the butcher right (laughs) Um, has been dating yeah, exactly. But this one, it talks about, you know, her dating somebody else, maybe. Um, and it, another thing it talks about in this episode is rekindling old flames. Um, you know, somebody you dated a long time ago coming back into your life or getting back in touch with somebody that you dated a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. It may be shocking to some of our viewers, but me and Tech have dated girls. I, and um, I have I've dated a couple of different girls. In my there you day, go, yeah, I—I I mean, I've had girls actually talk to me. Like, I've touched a you know boob. I mean? Sorry. <laughs> oh shit! Well, not, yeah, that's because you were standing too close to me when I was trying to change. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But my question to you is, have you ever either tried to rekindle an old flame? Or have you ever been put in a situation that might be kind of awkward because you're back in touch or seeing an old flame? Hmm. If that makes any sense at all. Kinda. So I'm not going to mention any names here, obviously. But okay, yeah, we um, won't mention any names. <laughs> I I did uh, have this one girlfriend for I don't remember how long we dated. It wasn't too terribly long, maybe a year or so. And uh, things didn't end well. Basically, I was not, I slowly became unhappy in the relationship, and then I was in the Navy at the time, and then kind of just stopped calling her because I went out to sea. Oh sure. <laughs> so I just like yeah. stopped talking to her when I got back I just kind of ignored it and uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. the most mature way to go but I was very young I was like I don't know like 20 or something like that you know um, right. and <clears throat> so uh, fast forward to several years later um, probably like mid late 30s I'd gotten re- in contact with her again we just started chit chatting you know talking about the good old days or whatever you know and right. uh and then so we decided to meet up and I hadn't physically seen her or been around her since like I was like 20 years old, 21, whatever, uh, 19, right. 20. Um, and so uh, we met met up um, and things kind of, you know, one thing led to another, if you know what I mean, Jimmy. Right, oh, right on. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo. I'm just kidding. Um, but then she was like immediately like, I don't know. She was different. She wasn't the same. And, but she was like ready to like commit very quickly. It seemed like, and I'm like, you know, Mm. we just started talking again. And, um, I was like, you know, but let's, you know, maybe see where things go, you know, or whatever. And, uh, right. But, um, it wasn't, uh, she was not the same and a lot of things had changed. And so ended up not, going forward with it. Basically I pretended to go out to sea and didn't call her in. No, I didn't do that. But uh <laughs> you know, that's happened a couple times. Um same kind of story with a different girl, but then the girl ended up being like a really hardcore drug addict. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh wow. This is not good. So <laughs> yeah. She So you're you're um ex- you know you're you're I don't know the word I'm looking for, but your adventures with girls could be a podcast in and of itself. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I've. Yeah, I'm still single, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to do the dance when you say that, by the way. Yeah, I'm still <clears throat> single, ladies. I'm still single, ladies. I'm still single. <laughs> to put your I, hands um, up. up. Sorry. I mean, this is going to sound rude, but I don't mean it to sound like this. But I mean, I, I don't. I haven't dated nearly as many people as as Tech have has, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm not trying to be funny. But, I didn't even start dating until I was like in college. Um, or something, we're so. guys. That makes me sound like a badass, and you like a dork. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but I'm still friends with the majority of the girls I've dated. Um, people think I'm strange. Like my wife knows a lot of the girls I dated and stuff, and um. So, I mean, for me, there's, there was one girl that, um, you know who it is, a girl I dated, um, mm. first, first girl I dated and, um, we left on bad terms and, and things were awkward between us and we managed to talk on the phone years later. This was kind a decade later, something like that. Mm. And we kind of cleared the air and kind of cleared everything that was going on or that everything that we thought 
and now today we're friends and she messages me on facebook regularly and checks on the family and you know that's cool kind of cool yeah it's kind of you had me kind of thinking there because it turns out that i like i've done this a few times in my past (laughs) because you gotta think like with my kid's mom that was the same kind of story. Although we were just friends back in the day, we never dated or anything. But it's that's honestly that's that's who I thought you were talking about earlier. <laughs> oh no, because um, <laughs> the story that's how. And I was like, oh, I know who he's talking about. Yeah, no. Then you said something about it. I kind of did it again. I was like, oh, that's not who he's talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then also talking about another ex girlfriend was somebody I was friends with years ago, and then started talking to her again, and we started we dated for like a year or something. See, is that right. just like my MO, I guess? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I feel like it's therapy. But that's another thing, too. I have really great relationships with my exes. I'll, let's yeah, back yeah, up. Yeah. I don't have great relationships. I either have a really good one or don't have one at all. So I don't have any ex out there that would talk bad about me. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, I, I have a couple that, you know, I've lost contact with yeah. because time happens, you know. Um one of them I hear from. I hear from her probably every five years or so. I I, I talked to her when my mom passed away, um, but I've got a handful that I'm that I'm friends with and that I consider friends. Yeah, and yeah, me too. I, got- I I look at it like if if you can't really be friends with them, then you kind of have to ask the question: Did you really ever care about them in the first place? I mean, I'd rather them in my life as a friend than not at all. So yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> okay. So I guess right here is where we're gonna take our first break. Okay. And when we come back. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into this. Mm. And so we will be back. Welcome, Beyonders. to this weird place. Who are these two crazy guys and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat, two guys who discovered late night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. We are back. Mm. Okay. We have the Brady Bunch. Season 2, episode 23, entitled Alice's September Song. But it's November. But anyways, let's get into Actually, this. Actually, it's December. Of, Today's December 1st. What's, 
yeah, I thought that was a saying, but it seemed off for some for some reason to me. <laughs> um, facts about the episode. This episode first aired March twelfth, nineteen seventy one. It was written by Elroy Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Ah, as an E. T. Yeah, anyways, oh, it was Elliot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Who was Elroy? Oh, Elroy was the was the uh, was the Jefferson. Jetson. No, <laughs> Jetson. <laughs> you sound like a, an old man. Jefferson, moving on up. With Elvis, right? <laughs> this was directed by Oscar Rudolph. My man. According to IMDb, the chalkboard in the kitchen is missing in this episode. Mm. I was concerned mm. about it. I don't know if you even noticed it, but I was like, what yeah. is happening in this universe? That was part of that anxiety I told you about. <laughs> Not really. Okay. <clears throat> we fade in. Mm. Scene one. We open to see the Brady family station wagon pulling into the driveway. <clears throat> we then see Carol and Alice hop out and begin carrying in groceries. And of course, Alice is carrying more. <laughs> like, I think every every episode where they carry groceries, Alice is carrying like two or three bags. Yeah. And, like, Carol's carrying, like, you know, a bag full of tomatoes or something, and that's it. <clears throat> She's helping. I'm just here <laughs> to help get, you. <laughs> once they get inside, Carol notices that Alice has a message by the phone. Alice assumes it's from Sam and begins explaining that if he's still at the butcher shop, she'll call him right back. But Carol interrupts, saying it's not from Sam, and she can't quite make out the name. Alice reads it. And it's from Macker Maldrill. <laughs> she claims she doesn't know anyone named Macker Maldrill. Hmm. She claims it because you know you know she knows somebody. Yeah. Carol seems to feel apologetic, explaining to Alice, if she's told the kids once, she's told them a hundred times. When someone calls, get the name right. Hmm. Just then, Cindy walks in and, hearing the tail end of the conversation, begins explaining with, "I tried." Seeming surprised that a 10-year-old can actually read and write, Carol and Alice <laughs> ask Cindy, you took the message? <laughs> thought it was a little condescending. <clears throat> Cindy replies, uh-huh. I wrote it just like the man told me. Carol then volunteers to put away the groceries as Alice sits down and tries to figure out who called. After admitting that she doesn't spell good, but she remembers good, Cindy tells Alice that Mark Millard called. And he said he'd call back. Hmm. Alice seems taken back by the name as Cindy leaves. After Alice repeats the name, Carol pipes in saying she's heard Alice mention the name Mark Millard before. Hmm. Carol, thinking Alice gets enough time off from work to meet somebody, asks if it's her new boyfriend. <laughs> Alice corrects her saying it's an old one. Hmm. Alice then begins explaining how Mark and her were in high school. And he was the most handsome and most charming boy in the class. Mm. Her knees would melt whenever he just looked at her. Gross. Yeah, right? Carol finds all this very exciting. Alice admits she finds it exciting too, but wonders if there's enough heat in an old flame to melt her knees again. Mm. Hmm. Why... Are the eggs in the bag that way? <laughs> I saw that. Why were there so many? It's like every bag had at least one or two, like. And those weren't cartons. dozen. Those were like eighteen of them. Yeah, they were like an eighteen pack. So she had two eighteen packs of eggs. 
and they were turned horizontally in the bag. Like they were shoved in there as if they were like spaghetti. Well, there was like, like three or four bags and every bag had at least one or two in the bag sticking out of the top. But I mean, who packs eggs in there like that? Like they were <laughs> horizontal. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and what the hell kind of name is Millard? It sounds made up. <laughs> I mean, he probably is. I don't know, but it sounds like a. Uh, it reminds me of the the hardware store that used to be up in uh, Illinois. There's a hardware store up in that part of the country called Menards, mm. and that's what the first thing I thought of was is Menards. Isn't that that hardware store? I was like, oh, that's oh, that's Menards. Never mind. Hmm. <clears throat> but you're right; it does sound made up. All right. Well, the character's name is Mark. Mark what? Millard. <laughs> right. So like, like so- the duck? Like no, not Mallard. Millard. Yeah, it sounds awkward. It just sounds, I don't know. Yeah, right. All right. Scene two. Out in the funny garbage carport thingy, Greg is working. Garage. Garage. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was weird. I was yeah, like, you don't like his architecture, do you? Do you? <laughs> Fucking garbage carport. Jimmy, I said what I said. <laughs> Damn right. Out in the funny garage carport thingy, Greg is working on a, on a balsa wood airplane while Bobby watches. <laughs> Look at that. Bobby's just like his mom. Isn't that cute? Yeah, right. Bobby, being excited, exclaims, Boy, this is going to be the best plane ever. I can see it now taking off and flying all the way to Africa. What do you think, Greg? Greg, trying to concentrate and growing weary of Bobby interrupting, tells him if he doesn't keep quiet, he's going to bop him one. Ooh. Just then, Sam walks in and immediately tells Greg, "That's some pl- hey, that's some plane he got there." <laughs> then tells the boys <laughs> that when he was a boy, he built one that stayed up for a year. Bobby's bullshit detector and training <laughs> seems doubtful. Asking a year, there's no fucking way. Sam, yeah, right. con- he's like a year, a fucking year, really. <laughs> Sam confirms <laughs> a year. It was a whole year before I was old enough to climb the tree and get it down. Greg finds the joke hilarious as Sam asks if Alice is still there. Bobby tells him she's inside and she's getting ready to go out. <laughs> well, once again, the boys are outside in short sleeve shirts, but Sam comes walking up in a fucking jacket. <laughs> like, well, first and second, why is the butcher showing up at the house? Like, they act like this is fucking normal. Oh, Sam's here. Like, he's never been in an episode at the house. Are you like, kidding? He doesn't just fucking show up. It was just like the opposite. Like, I thought, like, as, as we get into it, like, they're like, boys are like, oh, hey, Sam, you know, because you're dating our, our maid. This is normal. But then, like, everybody else are like, what the fuck? Is that Sam out there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, how the fuck did he get here? And everybody's looking at him and through yeah, the window yeah. like, what the... Who the fuck does he think he is? You know, they act like it's like a Bigfoot sighting. Like, get the camera quick. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm really good friends with people at Walgreens because I shop at Walgreens all the time. I've worked out with guys from Walgreens just because. Anyways, <clears throat> but even then, if one of them showed up at my house, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing at my house? How'd you figure out where I live? Well, like, how do you even know? Like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, really? People at Walgreens or whatever, like if they're dating somebody in your house. And they've been there before. I don't know. I just yeah, but we've never seen him there. Yeah, he's been there a few times. Has he? Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Scene three. Now at the kitchen table, we see Mike and Peter also working on a plane. 
When Carol comes in asking what they're working on, Peter explains that they're working on the plane while Greg and Bobby put together the wings outside. When Carol compliments their efficient production line, Mike says that Orville and Wilbur couldn't have done it any better. Mm. That's the Wright Brothers tag. Oh, okay. Yeah. Peter then announces that he's going to go outside and see how the wings are coming along. Once he leaves, Carol glances outside and seems horrified. Horrified. She pats Mike saying, oh no, look who's outside talking to Peter. Mike, not understanding the issue, tells Carol that Sam has come by to see Alice before. Carol tries to explain to Mike that Alice has a date with Mr. Millard and that this will be very awkward for her. Mm. Mike assures Carol that Alice is equipped to tell Sam she's got a date with another guy. Mm. Growing frustrated of Mike's ignorance, she tells him <laughs> that he just doesn't understand women at all. <laughs> Unbothered, he comes back with, well, that makes me a charter member of a very large fraternity. Mm. Oh, shit. Mm. He just fucking slammed that shit down. Right? Like, what now? <laughs> <clears throat> Carol gets the idea to get Alice to stay in her room. But Mike reminds her that Sam has remarkable staying power. <laughs> this comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know people like that. <laughs> this comment somehow makes the entire situation Mike's problem as Carol begins telling him to think of something and how he's so good at things like this. <laughs> Finally telling Mike to quote unquote, just get rid of him. Mm. Sam knocks on the back door and lets himself in. He immediately explains how tonight is the semifinals of the supermarket bowling league. And tonight they're playing the bread and pastry. Mm. Mike cracks a joke saying <laughs> it's a stupid joke, but it made me laugh. <laughs> Mike cracks a joke saying how crummy the competition. Sounds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just pastry. Anyways, um, when Sam loses it, thinking this is the funniest joke he's ever heard, and asks if he can use it. Mike says yes, as long as he doesn't tell anyone where he heard it. I'm the opposite. I'm like, you better give me credit for that shit. Right? Sam then begins telling Mike that he was thinking of taking Alice along, saying how great of a rooter she is for the team. <laughs> Mike pauses and tells Sam that he would like to talk to him about women. Sam is confused at first and realizes what Mike is talking about and offers to help Mike with whatever problem he's having with the missus. <laughs> Mike, obviously feeling uncomfortable even talking about this to Sam, says, well, it's not me, it's you. Sam, once again confused at what Mike is talking about, assures Mike that he doesn't have a problem with Mrs. Brady. Mike finally steers Sam in the right direction <laughs> by telling him, not Carol, it's Alice. Sam, completely confused, assures Mike that he doesn't have a problem with Alice either. Mike tries a different approach, telling Sam that it's because he's showing up unannounced and that women need time to get ready and to look their best. But undeterred, Sam tells Mike that Alice is his inspiration and that he sees her face in every bowling ball and her figure in every bowling pin. Mike finally seems to give up and go back to his plane. You know, that 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 put a tear in my eye, man. That was beautiful. Mm, that was beautiful. You know, you got to hand it to Mike. <clears throat> I think Mike may be the smartest man in town. <laughs> dealing with just buffoons all the time. He's got to be yeah. the most patient man, too. 
<laughs> oh, he's a saint for sure. Micah just got done acting like this was a, wasn't a big deal. Like he was just like, "What the fuck?" Like Alice can say, it. "Why doesn't he just tell Sam to get the fuck?" Like, why doesn't he just say she has a date? Get the fuck out! Like, yeah. he just got done saying, "Well, you know, it's not a big deal. He can handle it. They're adults or whatever." <clears throat> hmm. so, I don't know. I don't know. And did you notice when uh, Sam shows up, he like knocks on the frame of the sliding glass door <laughs> because <laughs> there's no glass. <laughs> And that's kind of ironic later in the episode, too, which we'll talk about at the end. <laughs> Scene four. Now we see a rare glimpse of Alice's room, which we've seen it before, but um, yeah, we don't get to see it very often. Alice looks sexy Deep. as fuck in a red dress right. with a scarf. Obviously, oh, everybody knows that Jimmy wrote this because I would never have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Marcia, you don't think, hold on, hold on. You don't, you think Alice looks ugly. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you here. I started this. I really was actually looking at her and I was like, Hmm. I was like, I'll try. It's the hair that doesn't makes her look like <laughs> some old lady or whatever. It does. Yeah. You're right. And, uh, <clears throat> which fun fact, I actually was going to bring it up later, but do you know how old Alice is in this episode? I'm, I was just thinking that in my head, she's probably younger than we are now. <laughs> she's probably like, what, 44, 43? <laughs> she is 45. <laughs> okay, so that's, yeah, a year younger than me. She's like right. That's crazy. In, yeah, she's right in between you and I, as of right now, wow. on December 1st. Right, that's, yeah. She's right in between you and I. Until another, like, week. Or, <laughs> or <so>. Um. <clears throat> It was so funny because we always think of her as being the old lady in the house. And they kind of treat her right. like grandma, you know, like they treat her like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to see how old she is. I can't believe I've never looked this up before. Yeah, she's like in her 40s. That's crazy. She acts like she's in her 70s and they treat her like she's she in does, her 70s. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I was looking at her. I was like, she still has nice, nice youthful skin and everything, you know. I was like, I don't know. Maybe she had a different haircut. I would like to see her with a, a, a modern hairstyle. She's in decent shape because if you remember in season one, she was doing tricks on a trampoline and shit. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> spoiler alert, later in this episode, she's doing like sit-ups and shit, so she's still in decent shape. Yeah. Hmm. Anywho. Like you wouldn't do her. <laughs> uh, as of right now, yeah, I would. <laughs> it's not my first choice. I'm just desperate. Marsha and Jan are in the room helping her get ready and admiring her pen. Alice explains to the girls it's been in her family for generations when Carol enters, asking Alice if she perhaps forgot that she had a date with Sam. Alice assures Carol she never forgets a date with Sam. But when Carol tells Alice that Sam is there, she disappointingly says, oh no. Jan seems impressed. <laughs> That's how she said it too. <laughs> <laughs> Jan seems impressed with Alice, exclaiming, wow. Two men showing up in one night. Maybe they'll fight over you, Alice. With Marsha exclaiming, that would be out of sight. Carol, seeing how the girls aren't helping much, reminds them of homework they have to do and rushes them out of the room as the girls protest. Protest. Once again, (laughs) protest. Carol begins explaining to Alice how she asked Mike to talk to Sam. You know, like, she's like, I got that shit covered. Don't even worry about it. Alice admits how it can be embarrassing, but quickly fantasizes about the situation. Can you imagine? One in my mouth uh-huh. and one in my ass. I mean, you know, she was thinking that shit. You know, Carol's <laughs> like, so you're going to do them both? <laughs> no, she says, uh, imagine two well, guys. She's never fighting. taken in the butt before. <laughs> imagine two guys fighting over me. 
They love me. But quickly dismisses the idea, saying it would never happen. Carol turns Alice's attention to the mirror, asking, Why wouldn't they? When Alice sees her reflection, she looks impressed, asking herself, Yeah, Alice, why wouldn't they? Hmm. Did, did you notice the pictures on Alice's mirror? Um, I, I think one of them, I did, but one of them was like a family portrait or something, maybe? Yeah, I yeah I couldn't quite make them out, but um, I, I was wondering if they were real, you know. Because I, I'm wondering if that's something that the the actress that played Alice would have brought in pictures from home. Huh. So that's what I was trying to make out because one of them is of a young girl that's a brunette, and I thought it might have been her with her parents. Hmm. But it's interesting. I don't know. I was trying to really make it out what it was, but it was hard. Well, the only thing I gotta say so far about Alice in this episode is. What a bitch. Who, Alice? Yeah. Because she, okay. she, if you remember back in an episode, she got so mad and jealous when she got mm. sick and couldn't go to the dance. And then Sam's like, right. well, I'll just take someone else. And she's like, you wouldn't, you motherfucker. And he's like, well, you know, but he ended up not taking anybody because, you know, because, you know, Alice is his girl, you know. Yeah. And she just like, oh, some old flame? Yeah, fuck it. She don't give a shit. I do think that they have a very toxic relationship. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Seems- you know, because Sam is a nice guy. Alice is a nice guy. For some reason, when they date, they bring out the worst in each other, and they're trying to make each other jealous and shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, she doesn't think anything of, like, just dating this guy. And what makes it worse is, like, like Mike and Carol encourage it. They're like, fuck yeah, you got a date? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, Sam's here. Good old Sam. Carol's like, who needs soap operas when you got Sam and Alice? And it's like, well, Mike, get rid of him. And he's like, yeah, I better shit. Alice needs to get some. I better shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I better shit. And he rolls up a newspaper and walks into the bathroom. He's not Al Bundy. <laughs> but, but he's like, yeah, I'll get rid of him for you. You know, it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh god! And then, this, then what is his story that he comes up with? I know I'll make him feel guilty for doing for just coming over and seeing his girlfriend. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What yeah. is wrong with you? You just coming over here unannounced? Well, that and he makes Alice look bad in the process. He's like, listen, normally Alice looks like shit. <laughs> you got to call and tell her you're coming over. So, you know, so she can at least take a shower. You know, comb her hair and shit. Like, you can't just show up. She looks ugly as fuck. So. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought it was kind of a dick move to me. <laughs> All right, scene five. Back down in the kitchen, Mike still hasn't gotten that plane built or Sam out of the house. Mm. Sam, still not reading between the lines, is in the middle of saying that he'll go down to a payphone and call Alice <laughs> to see if she's ready. I got an <laughs> idea. Wa- what if I go down? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just working on this plane, man. I, I don't care. <laughs> You know, Mike was about to say something like, "Actually, that that payphone's out of order, so you you need to hit the one on the other side of town, like like the one way over on the other side of town." And then Sam's like, <clears throat> "What do you mean? <laughs> Is it nothing, man? I'm just gonna work on this wing. <laughs> well, I'll just go down to the butcher shop and use my phone there. You want Alice to think you haven't left yet? That you don't care? Oh no, Mister Brady, that you need to go on the one on the other side of town." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god when Alice okay let me backtrack so we know where we're at 
Um, Sam, still not reading between the lines, is in the middle of saying that he'll go down to a payphone and call Alice to see if she's ready. When Alice walks into the kitchen to ask Mike something, when she sees Sam, she seems horrified. Mm. Sam seems very excited to see Alice, telling her she looks spiffy tonight. Mm. Alice, unsure why Sam is still there, flashes a look at Mike as she thanks Sam for the compliment. Mike slowly tries to get up and sneak out of the kitchen. (laughs) Sam begins telling Alice she didn't have to get so dressed up simply for the semifinals. Alice, still trying not to feel awkward, admits half-heartedly that it sounds like some match, but then reminds Sam that they didn't have a date tonight. Sam admits that he didn't mean to catch her off guard, but then tells her, since she's already gussied up, let's go. Alice finally stops Sam and tells him that she can't go on a date with him tonight because she has another date tonight. Sam's eyes get big as he begins to get upset, asking, Another date? Or With who? Yeah. Then begins accusing her of going on a date with the milkman, claiming he sees how she shakes her bottles at him. Mm. <laughs> and then the and the produce guy, because she sees how she squeezes her melons. Mm. And no shit, he actually says that. <laughs> That's badass. I was kind of hoping they'd switch it and say, I see how he squeezes your mouth. That would have been badass if they would have said that. (laughs) Alice finally comes clean, telling Sam that she's having dinner with an old friend. When Sam asks if she'll go to the finals tomorrow night with him, she tells him she promised not to make any other plans while her friend Mark is in town. Sorry. Damn. I gotta take care of that. (laughs) When Sam asks how long this is going to be, Alice tells him, only a week. Sam looks disappointed and a little pissed, but Alice seems to relish in his jealousy. Mm. It, hmm. Sam is such a dumb shit. Like, like how, like, how does he not cut his fucking hand off or kill himself cutting meat? Like, <laughs> like he's such a fucking idiot. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like... I know it's a it's a TV show, and I know it's a caricature kind of thing, but I mean, one of the things we do on the show is is kind of like rip it apart for real life. And stuff. Right. But it's such a fucking he's such a fucking idiot. Like how does how was he in charge of cutting shit? <laughs> well, cutting shit is pretty simple. It's like blade go on guess, meat, not but, on hand. You know, it's like. But I mean, it. how does he not mistake his hand for the meat? Like he's that <laughs> stupid. Like. And also, what the fuck is he so jealous about? Well, at first like, he they're wasn't. Obviously not, well, they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Otherwise, she wouldn't be dating somebody else. Well, see, we always assumed that they were, right? Mm, she even I, refers I to him. assumed that they had a crush on each other. She even refers to him as her boyfriend in oh, okay. some past episodes that we watched. <laughs> you know, it's like, because, right. you know, because he, he was like, who you got a date with? And she's like, an old friend. And he was like. Oh, an old friend. That's cool. Awesome. Well, have a good time. And then she's like, well, I'm going to be seeing a lot of them this week. And then that's when he's like, what the fuck? You're like, we talked about like this bowling semifinal. I know you didn't officially right. sign up to go with me, but you knew it was coming. Yeah. And- well, let's say that, that me and you went back to Illinois, right? Okay. And we met up with Carol and Katrina. Right? <sighs> okay. And we were like, in town and we want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one of us would say, now listen, 
you're not going to make any plans this whole week <laughs> because my ass is in town. <laughs> right. So if your boyfriend asks you to go out, the answer is no, because I want you on call for if I want to go out. Yeah. What what kind of asshole does that? That should have been a red flag for, for Alice right away. Now, listen, you're not allowed to see your boyfriend this week because I want you on call for me. Hmm. Fuck, really? <laughs> oh. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Scene six. It is now time for Alice's big date. She's pacing in front of the door in the living room, waiting for Mark to arrive. Carol and Mike are in the living room having coffee, which... Poor Carol has to serve all by herself. Oh, no. Yeah. Mike notices... But they spend all that money for Alice to do it. I know. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm losing out of money tonight, I guess. I guess I'll do it myself. Mike notices Alice's pacing and offers some coffee, saying, You know, Alice, a sip of this might calm you down. And then Carol's (laughs) like, And maybe you can put some in my cup, too? Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) But Alice isn't interested saying it would only make her more nervous. Actually, she says nerviouser. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but True. But what's funny about it is who thinks coffee would calm somebody down? I don't know. It's a stimulant. That doesn't even make sense. Like <laughs> yeah. do they not know what's in coffee? Like <laughs> right. A moment later, the doorbell rings and Alice is frozen in fear. When she sees Mike and Carol beginning to leave, she panics asking them, "Where are you going? Are you going to stay?" Carol explains that they don't want to be in the way, but Alice, needing the support, tells them they would be more in the way if they were out of the way. Alice then assures Mike that she is trying to stay calm as he answers the door. Mike answers the door, and of course, it's Mike Millard. Mike greets him as he shakes his hand and invites him inside, telling Alice is waiting for him. As Mr. Millard rounds the corner, going into the living room, he spots Alice, and judging by his face... He is instantly infatuated. As Alice looks at him, she seems at ease but taken aback as he crosses to her, gives her a hug, and hands her a gift as he tells her she looks absolutely wonderful. Alice seems surprised to hear this but replies with, You don't look so bad yourself. Mark then turns on the charm, asking Alice, How could all this time pass and never touch you at all? Aww. Alice replies, Oh, they touched me. You just can't see the dents at night. <laughs> Mike and Carol, seeing all this, are rude as hell, clearing her throat and get Alice to introduce them, which she does. As he's shaking hands with Carol, Alice introduces their 12 eyes, quote, as she points to the stairs with all the kids are up at the top, looking down me nosy as fuck. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking rude. Yeah. Like, um, um, they're having this moment. I know, like they haven't seen and each Mike, other Mike in like years. Like, Excuse me, we want to meet this guy that really has nothing to do with us whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. Right. <laughs> also, like, I love the the handkerchief prop, handkerchief prop. Yeah. Um, just just what Alice is able to do with it. I think that's like really a compliment to the actors, the actress. Um, hmm. Just what she's able to do with the the hanger, even the including the ripping, like it, whether it's scripted or not, it doesn't matter. She plays it off like really good. Um, also, why is everything fucking olive? Like <laughs> including Carol's outfit, everything is olive. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't have olives in the scene. Like it's everything is that olive. <laughs> it's the same with their kitchen. Why is everything? Uh, what's that color? Um, <laughs> what's that? Oh, orange? No, no, it's uh. 
avocado like in their kitchen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like he comes walking in and he bought her a corsage. Like, are they going to homecoming or like adult yeah, prom? I thought that too. I didn't know if that was a corsage. I I just wrote it off as just a gift or something. Since we're but going it, to it adult like prom, a, oh, yeah. I don't know. Plus, I didn't know how to spell corsage. If I'm really honest, but <laughs> I've never had to spell it spell it before either. But I took a shot at it, and my laptop oh, didn't say it was wrong. So there's a word in here that I had to spell, and I was impressed that I knew how to spell that shit. <laughs> and the only reason I knew how to spell that was because I did a uh, I was stage manager for a show, and we we had to, that was one of the props we had to use. So, hmm. <clears throat> anyways, scene seven. We are now up in the master bedroom where Carol is somehow confused, thinking she's Alice's mom. <laughs> Carol is checking the clock, <laughs> concerned at the fact that it is now 1.30 and that little Miss Alice isn't home yet. <laughs> she's like, I'm mom to everybody in this house, right, Mike? And he's like, no, if you remember, we've been over this a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I was mom to everybody you brought in. You said I could be mom. That's what you said. Right. Right. To my sons. Yes. Alice came with you. I know. I know. But she's not one of the sons. I know she's kind of manly sometimes, but she's not one of the sons. And then Sam um, like peeks out. She's like, yeah, I'm with her. I'm a little confused here. What's going on? <laughs> and Carol comes down. Don't you have homework? Like, no. I'm the butcher. What are you talking about? But, um. <laughs> sorry go ahead uh, <laughs> Carol sits up staring at Mike as if Mike is somehow to find Alice or go ground her or something <laughs> but Mike just simply stares at her saying Alice is not one of the kids Carol frustrated says she knows but Alice is out with a man that's practically a stranger to her Mike tries to calm Carol down, reasoning that Mark looked okay. But Carol, whose anxiety got the best of her, explains that looks can be deceiving. Mike sits up and asks Carol, what are you going to do when Marcia starts to date? Carol replies, probably get no sleep ever. Hmm. Carol then turns the table, asking Mike, well, you seem wide awake. Why aren't you asleep? Mike wants to say, bitch, because you won't shut the fuck up and go to sleep. <laughs> But instead, pauses before admitting, because it's one thirty and Alice isn't home yet. Hmm. A car door is then heard seemingly in the hallway outside of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, feeling relieved, tells Carol, now she can go to sleep. But Carol wants no part of that, saying, well, don't be silly. Now I have to see if she had a good time. Hmm. And she gets up and runs downstairs. <laughs> I thought it was so funny when Mike says the line, what are you going to do when Marsha starts dating? I just thought that was funny because not like, what are you going to do when the kids start dating? It's just only Marsha because she's like the only one that will probably date. Like, I mean, you've seen all the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do when Marsha starts dating? <laughs> it would have been funny if Mike would have been like, what are you going to do, Carol, when Jan starts dating? And they just both laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, okay, sorry. What are you gonna do when Marsha starts? It? Oh, thanks. I never thought of that. <laughs> exactly. Scene eight. Alice is back from her big date. She enters the living room with a huge smile on her face. 
She leans against the door for a moment, reminiscing about her date before finally crossing into the living room, but not before humming and dancing around. She turns off the lamps as she goes to her room. Hmm. This is a very cliche thing to see in TV and movies. Yeah. But have like have you actually ever actually done this? Like have you ever had such a good date that you're like <sighs> and like fucking dancing through the living room and like having a stupid grin on your face and shit? Like have you ever done that? Strangers in the night. Um um I mean not like literally, but I mean I've had a a good date or whatever you come home and just like, hmm. Nice, and you kind of smile. And I've never like danced to the kitchen like I don't know. If you meaning literally, no. But have I felt that way? Yeah. Usually, when I feel that way, I'm like, I gotta call tech. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, dude. Like, dude. we were sitting there, and like her hand brushed against my hand. What do you think that means? Let's discuss this for like forty minutes, <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my Dude. god! Okay. She looked at me and said, "Yeah, I'm having fun." <laughs> what do you think that means? <laughs> now, then her hand touched my hand, okay. and she didn't pull it away. <laughs> I know this sounds like like we're making fun of girls or something like that, but no, this is like actual no, conversation. This, like, this, this is shit that like we would say to each other. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Most definitely. So with that, we're going to take our next break. So Mm. Alice has just gotten back from her cheating whore date with Mark. Mm. And it appears that she had a good time. Mark. Whatever. We will be back. Mm. man it seems wrong dude don't even worry about it i mean i've got it all figured out we'll have him back before john and brent even know he's gone everything's gonna be okay all right man let's just start the promo and get it over with what are you two jackasses doing the inhuman experience is a weekly not so typical paranormal nerdcast where we attempt to explore the strange and the unexplained and we borrowed conspiracy bot in the hopes that some of that hysteria 51 juju would rub off on us but boy were we mistaken i thought nerds were smart You guys are two of the dumbest meat sacks I've ever had the displeasure of conversing with. See, that's why I don't like robots. Racist. I will poke out your good eye. Blades, get him. Listen, my name is Bobby Anthem. His name is Bobby Blades. We are the Inhuman Experience. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I don't know, Commodore 64, Easy Bake Oven, pretty much wherever you're hearing this right now, whatever. I can't believe John and Brent let these two jackasses on fourth hand. And we are back. Ooh. That was a good break, wasn't it? That was a good break. So on that break, I took a couple of drinks of my Mountain Dew. And I sat here with my right arm propped up on the table and just kind of sat here enjoying my time off. What did you do on the spring tag? 
Well, I didn't do much on this on the break we just had, but last week, um, <laughs> I was trying to continue what we did last time. <laughs> so, That's what I was <laughs> So I was trying to make it seem like mine was really simple, and then you're then you're gonna be like, "Well, I went off and did a podcast." <laughs> so, <clears throat> now that was with a dumb joke. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, so like last week, you you <laughs> did what? So last <laughs> week, uh, well, you and I were both invited on to do another podcast to be guests, but mm-hmm. unforeseen scheduling things happen. As our yeah, listeners told me not to do it. are well familiar, huh? My agent told me not to do oh. it. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but um, so I was a guest on a show called Beyond Terrestrial. It's part of the uh, Fourth Hand Network. And um, they talk about different things for anything from paranormal stuff to aliens to whatever, really. Um, but on that episode, we discussed a documentary called Missing 411. And uh, it's basically yeah. about a documentary about um, the main story is about a kid who gets lost in uh out in the wilderness and the mountains and stuff like that but then they also tie it together by talking about similar stories of missing kids also in woods and mountains and stuff like that and uh it was it was fun um we broke down the um we broke down the episode no we broke down the uh documentary and which is why we were invited because we were like hey this is a rewatch episode we're doing let's invite oh, the yeah, boys yeah, yeah. from a very brady podcast you know this yeah, is what yeah. they do. This is their thing, you know. And it's so our wheelhouse. That's right. But yeah, we had a good time. Just um, Dan and Lee from uh, Beyond Terrestrial, and it was fun. So check nice. that out. I'm not sure when the episode is going to be available, <gasps> but check out their show. It's a good time. I, I do apologize to them for not being able to make it, um, but I did research the podcast and I did actually listen to it and stuff in preparation for being on it. And what's cool is I, I don't I can't remember which one it was, but one of them is in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, where my brother lives. So I thought that was kind of neat. But one of the ones I listened to was uh, where they talk about the Russian sleep experiment. Uh, It was one of their, um, it was an episode that they put out uh, when they first uh, introduced their Patreon. And uh, they were, they were kind of demonstrating some of the content you could get if you were a Patreon subscriber. Mm -hmm. And the pod, and the one that they, they happened to play as an example was the, the Russian sleep experiment, which I mean, obviously it's not true. And if anybody's familiar with the story, but it's a fantastic story nonetheless. And so they kind of went through the story and talked about it and stuff. So that was the episode I listened to. I found it pretty enjoyable. That's cool. Speaking of Patreon, we have a Patreon. Do we ever talk about our Patreon? No, we've never mentioned it before. Well, I mean, we do in the outro that plays after the show, but, but you and I have never talked about That's weird. Well, those naked pictures of you got out on the internet anyway, so I don't know why anybody (laughs) would pay for Patreon. Uh, Jimmy, that's a surprise for tier two people. Oh shit. Sorry. (laughs) Tier two people get a naked picture of Moa. <laughs> uh, they don't really. No, you, you don't so. get. No, you don't get naked pictures of tech. No, you get naked pictures of tech if you don't subscribe. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> so, anyways, I. I but I, I really do apologize for the guys on the podcast uh, for not being able to make it. I had some unforeseen circumstances, and I just wasn't in the right mindset to do any podcast. So. Um, it's all so good. I do apologize. I explained yeah. to them. I told them all your personal <laughs> business, and they're like, wow. Did you? Good. I can't believe good. that. And I was like, I know. No. I like, what a pussy. God. <laughs> really? He's upset about that? And he was crying yeah. all day what from it? I'm like, I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, he knows that happens to shit. That shit happens to people like every fucking day, right? Like, <laughs> like why is he being such a little bitch about it? Anyway. You know, I'm making um, fun of it, but I don't remember what the problem was. So hopefully I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> I feel stupid saying it now because it, it, because we're just joking around about it. And it, But my cat died. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Something <laughs> else happened, I had too. for a long time. And he was already handicapped when we got him. And he was, you know, really important to the family. And yeah, so I found him. I found him dead out there. And I'm here. I'm making fun of myself, but <clears throat> you're like, I can't remember. Jimmy, tell me what it was again. <laughs> no, you didn't have to tell me. We can cut it out. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I don't mind telling, uh, you know, our listeners, uh, Jenny and uh, Emma Kate. I know they understand. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. An old dried up pussy. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, he is now. <laughs> Put him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um. So let's get back into this. Yeah, please. That was a weird. When yep. we left off, so Alice has an old friend in town, and she went on a date with him in spite of still seeing Sam. Mm. And she may have had too good of a time. Mm. What will she do? You know, besides continue to be a whore. 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 God. Well, let's get back into this. Scene nine. It's the next day, and Carol is once again in Alice's room helping her get ready. This time, Alice is wearing a green dress with a tag still on, which Carol takes off. Hmm. Alice is explaining how Mark is going to take her to the King's Lodge. Ooh. You know, Tech, hmm. the big new fancy place. Hmm. Yeah. Carol, being the nosy person she is, can't help herself and finally says this Mr. Millard is really giving you the big rush mm. Alice thinking Carol actually wants to talk about how much fun she's been having excitedly says a different restaurant every night dancing till all hours mm. Carol's nosiness kicks in again <laughs> this time before her brain does as she says you know it wouldn't surprise me if this Mr. Millard wasn't building up to something mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it should surprise her if it wasn't building up to something. Like, it, if you listen to it, it, the line doesn't make any sense. And I had to listen to it like five times. Okay. It because the way she says it, you know, it wouldn't, it would not surprise me if this Mister Millard was not building up to something. Double negative. It should be. This would it would surprise me if Mr. Millard was not building up to something, right? Or, or it wouldn't surprise me right. if Mr. Millard was building up to something, right? She did a double negative, which made it a positive. So, yeah, so that, that kind of irked me a little bit. Yeah, but then again, she's not the smart one in the house, so I guess I can excuse it. It's true, but I can't excuse the writers because they should have caught that shit. <laughs> but once again, I'm going to say this again: Why are they <laughs> supporting her cheating on Sam? Especially when Mike can't get with the black chick down the street. <laughs> that's, that's a threesome. That may this have been. Cheating. Yeah, that may have been a conversation had later in the bedroom. It's like, why are you all for like Alice hooking up with this dude? But I can't. We can't bring in a black chick in the bedroom. Seriously, yeah. Hmm. Alice seems confused at what she means, asking, "Like what?" Carol replies, "Like rekindling the old flame." You mean the thought of marriage never crept in? Alice admits that it did, if it did any creeping, it was with her and not him. 
Carol continues to be nosy as fuck, asking what she what she would say if he did bring it up. <laughs> Alice, possibly not wanting to talk about it, says she wouldn't know what she'd say. Hmm. Carol finishes by saying her and Mr. Brady certainly hope it turns out like she wants it to. And with that, Alice is ready. Alice hmm. looks at herself in the mirror and says, oh boy, now I know where those calories went. I've been sitting on them mm. as she pats herself on the ass. Mm. Why is Carol so damn nosy? <laughs> I feel like holy shit. I feel like you say this every episode. <laughs> like she's nosy as fuck all the time. Always. Like, why can't she mind her own business? Because she doesn't have a life, Jimmy. <laughs> like, imagine if you went to work mm. and no, better yet, imagine you were getting ready for a date and your boss came over, was in the bathroom with you, helping you get ready <laughs> and being like, what would you do, Tech, if, you know, she wanted to get married or perhaps wanted your penis? What would you do, Tech? Like, at some point, you'd be like, can you mind your own fucking business? Let me go on my date, please. Like, why are you in my house? Like, why are you bugging me right now? But it's not even just that. It's like, what would you do? And then Alice is like, I hadn't even thought of that. Like... Well, like you should like, well, answer it. (laughs) I'm your fucking boss. Answer my question. What would you do, Alice? God damn. Shut up. (laughs) Scene 10. Out in the backyard, Alice has decided to get in shape and has the girls helping her. Jan and Marsha are holding down Alice's feet while Cindy counts her doing sit-ups. We then learn from Marsha that if her feet wiggle, even just a little, you won't lose weight doing sit-ups. I never knew that. that I, I never knew that either. That's I, that's amazing. I didn't know your feet literally could not wiggle. Well, I mean, you've seen Marsha. I'm going to take her advice from a 14-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When Alice gets to seven, she falls flat on her back from exhaustion. Cindy reassures her to keep going by telling her, you don't have to stop, Alice. I can count higher. Ah, hmm. Alice is getting them ab muscles ready. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's when uh, Marsha was like, have you been working on your kegels? <laughs> make, you use, make sure you use an enema in case he wants to lick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> and Cindy goes, ooh, lick your butt. Who does that? She's like, ooh, they won't do that for another 50 years. Um, scene 11 back in Alice's room Alice is doing her daily beauty regimen by putting some sort of blue goop on her face Marsha asks what the blue goop is supposed to do when Alice tells her to tighten up her skin Marsha looks puzzled asking why would anyone want anyone want tight skin hmm. Alice realizing how it sounded <laughs> Mark Mollard I <laughs> know I'm, I'm I'm messing up the line. It's making me laugh, but I'm also thinking jokes in my head. It's making me laugh too. <laughs> Alice, realizing how it sounded, corrects herself, saying, "Not really tighten. It sort of tones up the facial muscles." Marcia seems genuinely curious, asking how long she's supposed to leave that stuff on. Alice says about an hour or so before Mister Millard gets here. <laughs> but reasons maybe she should leave it on. Then begins making goofy faces in the mirror, which is exactly what I would do if I was wearing that shit. Yeah. She was acting like she was like a mime, like doing those big mime faces. Like, Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I thought dude. that was pretty funny. You know, as soon as Marsha walked out of the room, she put that shit down her underwear. <laughs> what? <laughs> to tighten up that pussy? Hell yeah. You know what she did? <laughs> she looked both directions. Like, 
You've got the handle. You know, it's kind of funny because she goes, how long is it supposed to stay on? And then she says, um, about an hour or so, or or about an hour or so before Mr. Mullard gets here. I just pictured, like, Marsha grabbing the bottle of it going, does it say that? <laughs> like, yeah. An hour or so before Mr. Mullard gets here. Holy shit. <laughs> I picture her walking into the kitchen and, and, you know, Mike Brady and Carol sitting there drinking coffee. Why are you walking funny, Alice? Oh, just get ready for the my big day tonight. <clears throat> she put it down her pants. Right, <laughs> Scene 12. Down in the kitchen, Mike, Peter, and Bobby are working on the plane again, and it's really coming together. The boys seem to be inspecting their work when Alice comes strutting into the kitchen, and she's kind of walking funny. <laughs> no, she's not. All sauntry and shit. <laughs> behind <laughs> Alice comes strutting into the kitchen behind them in her green dress. I'm assuming fishing for a compliment. She walks out, leans against the wall and asks, Well, men, how does everything look from there? Peter notices first saying, Wow, look at Alice. Bobby gives the ultimate compliment saying, Wow, neato. Mike finally looks, smiles and says, Alice, you look gorgeous. Alice, enjoying the compliments, say, oh, go on. But then there's silence, and she continues, no, go on, go on, go on, come on. <laughs> Tell me more about my eyes. Alice all looking like a hoochie. Hmm. Hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama. Hell yeah. Hmm. Scene 13. It's big dick, uh, big date time. <laughs> and we see Alice sitting at a table with Mr. Millard as a waiter who kind of looks like Captain Steubing comes over to deliver soup. Alice begins eating her vichyssoise soup. <laughs> is that uh, your big word that you spelled? That is my big word. I had to <laughs> I had to spell that when I was a stage manager for a show called Nonsense, mm. where a nun gets killed because she ate tainted vichyssoise soup. But that's a whole other story gotcha. for another time. <clears throat> Alice begins eating her vichyssoise soup, which is disgusting, by the way, because it's served cold. Yeah. Mr. Millard stares at her awkwardly. Alice tries to o- overcome the creepiness by making conversation, saying, Vichyssoise is an awfully fancy name for cold potato soup. But when there's another awkward silence, she points out that she hasn't that he hasn't even touched the soup. Mm. He isn't creepy at all when he says, How can I think of eating when I can't take my eyes off of you? Hmm. I don't think he blinks the entire time he looks at her, too, which is really weird. <laughs> Alice laughs it off as Mr. Millard comes in with another creepy line saying, you've really blossomed over the years, Alice. Hmm. Well, your tits really came in nicely. (laughs) Alice, obviously feeling uncomfortable at this point, tells him he has a way with words and how much longer he's going to, and asks how much longer he's going to be in town. He tells her that he's trying to finish up a business deal and begins to explain it but then stop saying, I don't think the topic would interest you. You know, because Alice is just a feeble little woman. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that. That's you know yeah. his attitude. He then tells her that he has a very unusual investment opportunity and that he was a little concerned at first, but it really checks out. Alice, intrigued and perhaps wanting to impress Mr. Millard, tells him that she has a nest egg in the bank. That's not really hatching very much. But he doesn't seem interesting telling Alice that the bank is probably the best place to let an egg hatch. He then changes the topic, asking, 
How about some wine? Something sparkling to go with your eyes. Oh, shit. Alice seems bothered and asks, would you be getting in on the ground floor of this investment opportunity? But Mr. (laughs) Millard turns up the creepy factor with, forget that, Alice. There's other ground floors, but very few charming ladies. Hmm. When I was when I was watching this, when I was doing the scene, mm. my wife was sitting out in the living room because she works from home. And she, as soon as the scene was over, she's like, "That guy creeped the hell out of me." <laughs> I'm like, "It kind of this this guy was creepy." Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be read that way, but the character read as being really creepy. Um, yeah, like he was he. I kind of felt like he was trying to distract Alice. Like, let's not let's not talk about investments. Let's look mm-hmm. over here. I was expecting him to go. God damn it! Will you just be distracted by the shiny, pretty shit and stop asking me questions? But <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good for a guy. It's like a con man. Like he was just like he yeah, mentions yeah. mentions it once. Boom! Like let's not talk about that. So well, anyway, no, he's a con man. Thanks for the spoiler. Hmm. Oh, sorry. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> but uh. I mean, it was pretty good on his part for, like, trying to, like, he just kind of puts the bug in her ear and then immediately tries yeah. to stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Forget about that. Let's talk about how my dick's yeah. going to fit inside you. Let's do that. Classic you know. um, reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. And then she's all like, no, I can sound like a man. Hey, are you getting in on the ground floor? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, you know terms. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, but we're not going to talk about that now. You know, we went back to the office. Okay, fellas. I know you're going to be against this, but I'm going to let this girl on the investment opportunity. But wait a minute. It's a woman. They don't know. No, 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 no. She said ground floors. <laughs> oh, shit. She's serious. Yeah. Well, let if she said ground this. floor, let's get her in here. <laughs> Scene 14. Back in the kitchen, Alice is putting away dishes when Carol comes in to help. I was a little confused. When is this? The next morning? I'm assuming so, yeah. Why is she wearing the same dress as the night before? I don't know, but I mean, it wouldn't be that night because the bank would be closed. Right. So it has to be the next day. I found it weird. Anyway. I figured she just, they fucked and she slept in her dress. (laughs) Yeah. When Carol notices Alice is not in uniform, she asks where she's headed. No, she wasn't in the green dress. She was in another outfit. She put on another outfit to go to the bank. To me, it looked like the same green dress she had on the night Mm-mm. before. No, it was not the green. I don't think it was a green dress. It was Maybe definitely it was, green. That's for sure. Was it? Okay. Anyway, so Carol notices she's not wearing her dress. So she's like, where are you going? When Alice says to the bank, Carol tells her she can drop her off on the way, but tells her until then if she needs a couple dollars. But Alice says, oh, no, 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 thanks. And tells Carol she's about to enter in the big world of finance. She then tells Carol that, Mark has a great investment opportunity, and he's letting her in on it. When Carol asks what kind of investment opportunity, Alice tells her, the ground floor. Carol then asks. She knows her shit. Right? Carol (laughs) then asks the ground floor to what? Alice says, well, he didn't say exactly. Carol then asks the name of the company, and Alice says, I don't think he mentioned the name of the company. But that's not as important as what they do. Carol asks what they do. Alice says, I don't know exactly. Huh. He said it was kind of speculative, but at just about that time, I got the feeling he was about to pop the question. So I uh, didn't want to rock the boat. Carol asks if he did pop the question. Alice says, not quite. And then she leaves the kitchen to get her coat. 
Carol sits back and thinks about and gives Mike a call. So what would she have done? Like, they act like him asking the question is the end goal. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what guy it is like, as long as you get asked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they're treating it like it's a date for prom. Right. Well, he was going to ask me. Right, but he's an asshole and you don't like him. Like, why, why do you care if he asks you? Why is that the end goal? Why, what? No idea. <clears throat> Scene 15. Mm. Moments later, we see Carol and Mike on the phone. Mike asks, what sort of investment? Well, what type of business is it? Mike goes on to Carol about how how it seems suspicious. He then asks when she's taking her to the bank. Mike tells her to go ahead and take her to the bank while he makes a few fast calls, and then he hangs up. Hmm. Hmm, Mike is on the case. Mike smells bullshit quick. He's he good at smell, this. He, that bullshit detector works through the phone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, okay, let's think about this from Alice's point of view. Alice is like, hey, um, well, first of all, like, why are you not in uniform, maid? She's like, well, I'm, I got to run to the bank. And she's like, why are you going to the bank? She's like, bitch, none of your fucking business. You know, it's like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, well, okay, since we're friends, I guess, uh, I'm just going to maybe invest in this uh, company. What company? What are you doing? Yeah. And then yeah. she's like, I better call Mike about this. You know, I was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like. I understand it's for I'm her own good. Your boss. <laughs> yeah, I'm, t- I'm going to talk to Mike about this and see if this is a good idea for you to do as an adult, not related to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Scene 16. Next, we cut to Alice with Mike and Carol in the living room. And Alice says, oh, I feel like such a fool. Mike tells Alice, after Mrs. Brady told me, Alice, I phoned a friend of mine at the district attorney's office. Hmm. And he pauses for mm-hmm. somebody to go, wow. Yeah. And uh, he did a quick rundown on Mark Millard. And he's going to stop by and ask you a few questions. Alice sighs and says how smooth he was. Mike goes on. He's an inherent gambler. Horses, cards, you name it. Carol adds. And he uses unsuspecting women to support himself. Alice says, how could I have been so stupid? I actually thought he might be popping the question. Mike laughs and just laughs at her and says, <laughs> he might have. Right now he's paying alimony to five wives and trying to jump ahead on, onto the sixth. Alice looks shocked and says, six wives? Then Carol adds, literally Carol adds <laughs> and says, you might have been the seventh Mike's looking at her and says, good job, honey. That's that's enough math for you today. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I saw her like on her fingers. She was like, you, you might've been seventh, 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 seven, seven, seven. Yes. (laughs) I thought it was really weird when they were like, Alice, you're grounded. Like you, you know, you're supposed to ask permission when you do shit like this. Alice says, well, that's what I call making seven the hard way. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. Sounds like some sort of, like, card Wait a minute, is that, a, is that a gambling joke? Maybe. Like, isn't that like when you play that, what is it, with the dice where you throw the dice? Uh, craps? 
It, yeah, isn't isn't seven the number you're supposed to get? I think so. I don't know. Huh. Maybe we'll ask Ginny. Maybe Ginny knows yeah, about exactly, this too. Yeah. Is she all about sports <laughs> and games, or is it just sports? I don't think this is sports. This is like gambling. Well, it's sports think, and games, you know, they kind of go together, but I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Carol asks when she's going to give him the money. Alice looks at her watch and says he's coming by soon. Just then the doorbell rings. Look at that. How convenient. It's Mark Millard. Millard says. Oh, shit. Oh, and Mike runs over and answers the door. And Millard says, oh, Mr. Brady, it's nice to see you again. Mike sarcastically says, oh, you don't know how happy I am to be here. (laughs) Millard walks in and rushes straight to Alice and says, Hey, Alice, I wonder if you and I could have a moment together. Mike cuts his ass off and says, Mr. Millard, I took the liberty to talk to my friend of mine in the district attorney's office <laughs> this morning. Yeah. No? Okay. Carol chimes in and says, and he did some checking for us, and he's on his way over here right now. She had neck action and everything. She's like, right now. And then Mike's like, (laughs) he did some checking for us or for me? Because he's my friend at the district attorney's office, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Carol was like, well, that's what I meant. I mean. You know, she went to a women's club meeting. Oh, yeah. Then he called his friend. Get this? At the district attorney's office. <laughs> you know, she was telling that story to everybody at the women's club. Of course club. she is. Of course she is. Oh, and you should have seen it because, like, he was right in my living room and I told him, you know what? Mike called his friend at the district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, Carol, you told us this like five times now. <laughs> so, anyway, so, <clears throat> um, so Carol says he took the liberty and you're going to look into and it out. And then uh, Alice looks at Mark as if to ask if it's all true. Millard just looks at her and says, sorry, but that's life, Alice. Wah, wah, wah. Millard looks around and says, well, I guess I'll be on my way. I'll see myself out and tries to run for the door. Uh, But then Mike stops him and says, oh, uh, just a second. But just as Millard reaches for the door handle, the doorbell rings and Millard does a quick 180 and heads away from the door and runs towards the kitchen. Mike runs after him and tries to stop him, but just then he runs off camera, and then we hear a loud bang! Oh, shit. What happened, Tag? I don't know. You pick it up from there. Hurry, oh, hurry, oh, hurry, 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 hurry. Scene 17. Go, go, go! <laughs> as everyone runs into the kitchen, we see Millard knocked out on the floor out on the patio. Yeah. With Sam standing there like a hero holding his meat. <laughs> well, he did. True. <laughs> Is that not how you wrote it? Yeah, that's exactly how I wrote it. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm acting. I mean, it oh. is funny, but. <laughs> they ask him what he did. Sam says, nothing. He ran right out and into me and slams into your frozen leg of lamb. Just then the doorbell rings again. Mike rushes off to get it. Sam asks Alice who the guy on the ground is. Alice tells him it's her friend from out of town. Sam apologizes for knocking him out. But Alice says, so am I. I wish you'd been carrying a whole side of beef. (laughs) She then sweetly says to Sam, would you put that in the freezer for me, please? 
Sam, like a good old, like a good boy, says, "Sure, Alice." Alex looks down at Millard, still knocked out, and gets an idea to waterboard him <laughs> with the watering pitcher out back. <laughs> Just then, Mike Carroll and the quote-unquote friend from the district attorney's office mm. walks out and sees her watering Millard. They all just laugh. <laughs> laugh and laugh. So, like, <clears throat> well, first of all, when that bang happened, I, I swear to God, I thought somebody got shot. Like, that's how that sound was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought he punched him. Yeah, at first, yeah, at first it sounded like a gunshot, but I was like, oh, that's just bad 70s sound effects. That's really somebody getting right. punched. But then yeah, yeah. it's not. It's somebody running into, I assume, with his head into a huge frozen leg of lamb, which he's carrying at his waist. Like, it's this guy, right. like, running, like, bent over and, like, looking straight down. And just, and then, well, it's a good thing that they didn't have glass in the window or he could have got cut. <laughs> that slimy door. I know, that's another question I had, too. Like, how did he, what did he, like, run and then stop and open the side of the glass door and then run out, you know, all not seeing Sam standing there? Well, you you got to remember, like on cartoons, he had to get like that that running start where he doesn't move, where his legs get faster and faster and faster and faster, and then he takes off. <laughs> you know, like on like on uh, Roadrunner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then once again, you know, you know, Sam's just a saint. He's like, "Who is this?" And he's like, oh, "That's my friend from out of town." Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen. And and then, you know, she's like, "Oh, it's okay. No problem." And then she's like, would you be a deer and put that in the freezer for me? And he's like, sure, Alice. Like, what a fucking bitch. Like, yeah, right, oh, yeah, man. this is the dick I had last night. Instead of hanging out with you with, with pre-plan that we had talked about that I would go to, but change it on you. And this is what I was really fucking last night. Oh, since you're mm-hmm. here, can you put that away for me? Fuck you're you, so bitch. good at knowing about, you know, meat and keeping it cold. Can you show me? <laughs> By putting this in the freezer? Okay. Can you show Alice how that works? All right. Sorry. Scene 18. Now we're in the kitchen and Carol is packing a picnic for Sam and Alice. Carol says, there you go. A perfect little picnic for two. I sure hope you enjoy your day off, Alice. Like how she likes to point that shit out. Yeah. I sure hope you enjoy the day that we generously gave you off. (laughs) (laughs) Mike tells them to have a good time. Just then the boys come in with their newly painted plane. They look bummed. Mike asks what the problem is. Greg says, we want to go fly this, but there just isn't enough room in the backyard. Sam says, well, we're about to go to Highland Park. Highland Park. Ah. Uh, There's enough room there for a 747 to take off. Want to come with us? The boys say, yeah. Sam goes on to say that they should ask the girls to come and watch. As the boys leave to run upstairs, he yells to Greg to make sure he invites Marsha, which I thought that was... I thought that was strange, too. <laughs> and, and Greg was like, duh. I thought was weird. <laughs> well, don't forget about Marsha. Like, I was going make to. Make sure she wears one of Cindy's dresses. <laughs> <laughs> now, that part didn't happen, but... Alice no. looks back at Sam and says, Sam, that's eight stomachs to fill and only... Enough for two. Sam says, oh, that's okay. We'll stop by the shop and we'll pick up some more cold cuts. He leaves to put the picnic basket in the car. Carol says, well, you didn't have much choice, did you, Alice? Let me pause right there for a second. Mm -hmm. So, like, okay. 
So Sam's like, hey, why don't all your kids come along with us? You know? And then they're like, yeah, cool. Gee, thanks, mister. You know, and then like, and then Alice immediately is like, what the fuck, dude? And he's <laughs> like, what? And he's like, well, but, you know, it's like, man, oh, there's not enough food here. I guess we'll have to figure something else out. And he's like, we'll figure it out. No big deal. All right. I'll see you. And then, and then he leaves. And then Carol's like, what the fuck? And she's like, right? What kind of shit is that? Like, why are these women like such bitches? Well, I don't know. <laughs> After all that, you're like, oh. You gonna finish your paragraph there, buddy? <laughs> no, I was reading through to see where I was thinking in my head. Where the fuck did Sam go? Why did he leave the room? He went to take the. Oh, picnic he leaves basket. to put the picnic basket in the car. Okay, yeah. okay, that's sorry, that was preoccupying me. So, I mean, you don't do? You, are you you don't think that he should have invited the kids without asking Alice? No, I I don't see what the big deal is. I understand they're supposed to be oh, romantic, man. but they're not going to be hanging all over them, right? They're going to be off doing their own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to yeah. still gonna have a long time. I mean, the kids. The kids go there all the time by themselves anyways. Yeah. So like, but like he invites them to be nice. And then Alice is immediately like, what the fuck, dude? He's like, we don't have enough food. And he's like, no big deal. We'll get some more. What's the problem? And it's not a big deal. And then as soon as he leaves, that's when Carol chimes in like, what the fuck? And she's like, I know, right? She stokes that fire. Yeah. She's like, what a dick. dick." He would ask you. I know. So she's like, well, you didn't have much of a choice, did you, Alice? And she's like, huh. Uh, well, I like having the kids along, she says, although it's not very romantic. Mike Man, that's says, my day off. Right. Oh, cool. On my one day off I get, I get to hang out with all the kids. <laughs> Which I get that. Um, so she's like, it's not very romantic having all the kids around. Mike says, oh, on the contrary. Like it's romantic eating fucking sandwiches? <laughs> what the fuck kind of romantic picnic is that? They're eating fucking sandwiches. No, see, they're going to eat underneath a tree on a blanket, maybe up a bottle of wine. That shit wasn't romantic to begin with. I understand. My idea of romance is like in the bedroom and like knee deep and some. No, <laughs> I'm not going to think of anything funny. Well, that's when you bust out the nine iron and them ice cubes. Hell yeah. <laughs> now that's romance. So anyway, so Alice is like, uh, well, having all the kids around isn't very romantic. Mike says, oh, on the contrary, it's very romantic. He then scoops up Carol and says, for us, and runs off with her into his arms and tells Alice to have a good time. And Alice just laughs. I thought it was funny when he had that evil laugh and he's laughing maniacally the whole way out. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. You didn't do that. You're looking at me like, what? I missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, I don't remember that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> you deal with our kids. You stupid maid. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that was fun. Mm-hmm. So... The anxiety I had in this episode was I thought, is this guy going to propose to Alice and she's going to have to like potentially leave the family? Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen on this. That's where I thought this, the direction of this was going. Like Alice would be faced with a choice of getting married and being happy or staying with the family. But no, I feel like that was a topic. Uh, oh no, that was early on. That was a, an episode where she thought she was going to have to leave because, <clears throat> because Mike got married. Like, well, I guess you don't need me around anymore. And then Mike's like, have you seen my wife? She's lazy as fucking doesn't know how to do anything. I 100% need you here. And she's fucking stupid. 
Well, I thought um, in one of the the follow-up movies, not the parodies, but the actual movies, mm-hmm. I thought this was a thing. I thought after the kids were adults or something like that, that um, like that Alice was faced with, well, you don't have kids anymore, so I guess you don't need an housekeeper or whatever. I thought. Maybe not, but I thought it was. I can't remember. I'm not sure if I've seen all the movies, but hmm. we will when we do the show. We'll get to them. Hmm. Okay. Oh, man. So. <laughs> so what are you doing? <laughs> That's what that sounded like. Okay, so our, our normal disclaimer that we give out. Oh, yeah. We had fun here today. Don't be offended. We love the show. We're not racist. We're not sexist. We'll text a little bit, but <laughs> no, I mean, we, obviously, <laughs> we obviously love the show or we wouldn't take the time to do the podcast. Um. So yeah, I mean, don't 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 feel like we're ragging on. That. I mean, if you're a big fan of the Brady Bunch, we are too. But the point of this podcast is, you know, to see it's kind of an experiment, so to speak, to see how um, the podcast hits different generations and different people. And mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're one of the people that watched this when it first came out, that's awesome. That's great. Um, but it's going to hit your generation differently than ours, or even the next generation after us. So that's kind of what this podcast yep. is about. And there is no wrong opinions. Um, and a lot of the jokes that we do is to make fun of how the podcast thinks because it's so far-fetched by today's standards. For sure. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, they have they have some homework assignments again, Tack. Uh-huh. Man, so, you're one of those teachers that give a lot of homework. <laughs> I don't care. And it's Friday. I don't care. <laughs> so, if you check out the website at verybradypodcast.com, that's going to have a lot of your stuff there to find out more about the show and stuff like that. I don't know. That was worded weird. If you feel like it, you can do a rate and review on the Apple Podcast. You don't have to. I mean, it's not Apple doesn't really make it that convenient. It's not really something you do while you're driving or whatever. It's something you might be able to do while you're in the bathroom or whatever. But I mean, they don't really mm-hmm. make, they don't really make it super convenient. So I mean, but if you want, you can do a rate and review if you have if you have strong feelings about the podcast. Yeah, it helps us out tremendously by doing those does, rate yeah. and reviews. Or you can tell two friends about the show, and then they'll tell two friends. And so you can on. send an email to the show and tell us how how you like or dislike the show. And if you're if you've listened to the show for a while, you you hear us from time to time read uh, emails. Um, if you don't want us to read on the air, we won't, obviously. Um, but we like to, good or bad, we like to read them on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's averybradypodcast at gmail And you can join our Facebook group. And join in the conversation. It's a very Brady Facebook group, and you can post your memes, do whatever. We have a good time on there. Another thing you can do is check out our Patreon and, I mean, throw out some ideas. You know, like, I mean, if you check out our Patreon, I mean, feel free to say, you know what? I would join if you did this or, you know, hey, you mentioned Naked Pictures Attack. That yeah. might be worth two ninety nine a month. So, I mean, if, if something like that would work, I mean, feel free to throw out ideas and stuff about Patreon. We're not, you know, I mean, it, it, I don't know, doing a, a bonus episode of one of the movies. I have no idea, but I mean. No, yeah, all um, great ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, feel free to throw out ideas about Patreon. Or you can just follow us on Facebook, the A Very Brady Podcast Facebook page. That's where you're going to get all your in real time up to date updates. That was said weird. But that's where you're going to get your updates. So occasionally Jimmy and I will miss a week and then we will let everybody know in that on that page saying, hey, we fucked up this week and there's not going to be an episode. 
Also, we try to stay active on there. We try to reply to people and stuff. I like to think we're approachable. You For know, sure. So you'll see us on there. If you comment on there, there's probably a 90% chance that both of us are going to comment back kind of thing. Definitely. Why don't you tell them about the next episode, Tack? Okay, and this is the last episode of Season 2. Yes. So it's Season 2, Episode 24. And I completely didn't write down the name of the episode, but it's about Carol decides to write a story about the family to submit to a magazine. But her initial story is rejected by the editor because it is not positive and uplifting enough, which I find that mm. hard to believe about the Brady family. Yeah, I know, right? Hmm. Maybe Carol just sucks at writing. That's probably it. That's probably it. She's like, and then, and then she went on this date, and like he was totally about to like ask her to marry him, and she starts talking about some fucking dumb investment opportunity. That's probably what the whole story was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, line. This is a weird episode. I didn't really like it because the kids weren't in it much. So yeah, yeah. it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, I didn't really like it that much because Alice is such a one-dimensional character. Yeah, you know, a lot of times she functions almost like a narrator role. She kind of pushes scenes along sometimes. Like they don't really talk very much about Alice's background. Um, I mean, hell, we don't even see her room that much. Um. And they even talk about that in the t- in the um, um, that TV show where they renovated the Brady house. They yeah. even talk about how you don't see Alice's room that much. Mm-hmm. So and to have a whole episode devoted to Alice and expecting the audience to really kind of get behind Alice and worry about her, mm. a little silly. It's because yeah, she's she's such a throwaway character in a lot of ways. She's just there I for mean, the obviously comedy. Huh? She's like the comedy yeah. relief. That's she. She doesn't yeah, exactly. Yeah. She doesn't need a whole episode dedicated to her on a serious note. That's just, I don't know. But I mean, I, just the, the, the formula of the characters, I think any one of these characters could realistically have their own spinoff. Except Alice. <laughs> Which is sad. I think a spinoff of Alice would be would fall flat because she doesn't have anybody to play off of. Yeah. It's so. mm-hmm. a good point. Okay. All good points. So... Um, also, there. I'm not sure when this episode is going to happen, but I do remember an episode of the Brady Bunch that cool completely <laughs> that completely goes next, like to a different house on the street. Like hmm. I don't. I think it might have been their attempt at maybe doing a spinoff of this family. Like the uh. whole episode is about them, and I think the only people that that kind of like bridge the gap is Mike and Al or Mike and Carol. Because I think they, okay. I think it's about an adoption or something like that, where this couple down the street huh. want to adopt a kid or something like it, and the whole episode is over at their house about their adoption process. And Mike and mm-hmm. Carol pop in and like, "Hey, how's it going over here?" What the, you know? And I was like, "That's a weird episode." And when we get to it, you'll be like, "This was weird." <laughs> hmm. Okay. But anywho, all right. So, well, yeah. let's get out of here. <laughs> okay. Ta- all right. Well, I have been Jimmy. And I have been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another Sunshine Day. Nailed it. Hell yeah. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. 
head on over to averybradypodcast.com to check out past guests and maybe you wonder what jimmy and i look like but you know it's not as good as you think so don't get too excited and you can contact us at averybradypodcast at gmail.com send us an email and we'll read it on the show and also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com the link is in the description below and don't forget to join the facebook group it's called a very brady facebook group and also there's a like page for the show as well called a very brady podcast so join in on the fun join in on the conversation post memes do whatever you want just don't be a racist dick and be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.